significant perceptions of selection methods for health professions education, rationales and subgroup differences, written by Susanne Vikrat-Wevers, Karen Stegers-Jager, Marleen Groenier, Andries Koster, Jan Hendrik Ravensloot, Renske van Gestel, Anouk Wouters, Walter van den Broek en Andrea Woltman. Abstract. Applicant perceptions of selection methods can affect motivation, performance and withdrawal and may therefore be of relevance in the context of widening access. However, it is unknown how applicant subgroups perceive different selection methods. Using organizational justice theory, the present multi-site study examined applicant perceptions of various selection methods, rationales behind perceptions and subgroup differences. 704 applicants to five Dutch undergraduate health professions programs completed an online survey including demographics and a questionnaire on applicant perceptions applied to 11 commonly used selection methods. Applicants rated general favorability and justice dimension and could add comments for each method. Descriptive statistics revealed a preference for selection methods on which applicants feel more in control. General favorability ratings were highest for curriculum sampling tests and skills tests, while weighted lottery and unweighted lottery were perceived least favorable. Additionally, applicants preferred to distinguish themselves on methods that assess attributes beyond cognitive abilities. Qualitative content analysis of comments revealed several conflicting preferences, including a desire for multiple selection methods versus concerns of experiencing too much stress. Results from a linear mixed model of general favorability indicated some small subgroup differences in perceptions based on gender, migration background, prior education and parental education, but practical meaning of these differences was negligible. Nevertheless, concerns were expressed that certain selection methods can hinder equitable admission due to unequal access to resources. Our findings illustrate that applicants desire to demonstrate a variety of attributes on a combination of selection tools, but also observe that this can result in multiple drawbacks. The present study can help programs in deciding which selection methods to include, which more negatively perceived methods should be better justified to applicants, and how to adapt methods to meet applicants' needs. Introduction. Due to the high stakes involved, Selection into undergraduate health professions education is a topic of public debate. Nevertheless, most research into different selection methods has focused on predictive validity and effects on student diversity, while little attention has been paid to applicant perceptions. This is surprising, as it has been argued that applicant perceptions are relevant within the context of widening access. Although the underrepresentation of lower socioeconomic and ethnic minority groups is a complex and multicausal problem, these groups are thought to be particularly vulnerable to the consequences of negative perceptions regarding selection. However, thus far, no research has compared perceptions between different subgroups of applicants to investigate whether this is really the case. In the present study, we address this knowledge gap by investigating applicant perceptions of different selection methods in undergraduate health professions education and how these perceptions are related to applicants' background characteristics. Understanding applicant perceptions of selection methods is important for multiple reasons. First, 
applicant perceptions are a component of political validity, which is used as a source of evidence in broader validity frameworks. Political validity is defined as the extent to which stakeholders consider a method as appropriate and accept acceptable for use in selection. In practice, political validity is taken into consideration when designing selection procedures, which is exemplified by the fact that selection methods with proven limited predictive validity, such as traditional interviews, are still commonly used. Second, perceptions of applicants are of particular interest as they have numerous practical consequences, including effects on construct validity of selection methods and on applicant motivation, performance and withdrawal. Noteworthy is that applicants' understanding of the expectations of selection committees can shape the way they prepare for selection in order to fit those hidden expectations. Moreover, applicant perceptions are relevant with respect to widening access. Previous research suggests that prospective students with lower socioeconomic and ethnic minority backgrounds more often demonstrate negative perceptions of selection and are less confident in their ability to be su successfully admitted. These subgroups of applicants are shown to have poorer selection outcomes in general, which may be partially explained by poorer motivation due to more negative perceptions. Applicant perceptions of selection are commonly described using organizational justice theory, which distinguishes between distributive and procedural justice. Distributive justice describes the fairness of the distribution of the outcome of the selection procedures, while procedural justice refers to the perceived fairness of the selection procedure and methods that are used to generate this outcome. Procedural justice consists of three components, the formal characteristics of procedures, explanation of procedures and decision-making, and interpersonal treatment. According to organizational justice theory, the three components of procedural justice affect perceptions of different aspects of selection procedures. The present study focuses on the procedural justice component formal characteristics of selection, because according to Gilliland, perceptions of specific selection methods, the main interest of the present study, are mostly affected by this component. Examples of such formal characteristics include relevance and perceived validity of selection methods. The other two components, explanation of procedures and decision-making and interpersonal treatment, influence perceptions of the selection policy and the selection personal, respectively. Educational institutions use a great variety of methods in their selection procedures. However, knowledge about perceptions of applicants regarding these methods is still scarce. A systematic review concluded that interviews and situational judgment tests are highly supported by applicants, while aptitude tests are perceived less acceptable. Although this review included a large number of studies, most were conducted in single institutions after exposure to one specific selection method. Because previous research indicates that the selection procedure plays a role in study choice, Results of such studies are only limitedly comparable and generalizable. Additionally, while Kelly et al. suggested that certain selection methods are specifically perceived as barriers by underrepresented and minority groups, none of the studies under review directly compare perceptions of different applicant subgroups. Thus far, only few studies have directly investigated subgroup differences in applicant perceptions. To our knowledge, only one single site study was executed in the field of health professions education. 
This research focused on situational judgment tests and concluded that ethnic minority students and first-generation university students had other preferences in situational judgment that for test formats compared with their traditional counterparts. Another single-site study that was conducted at an undergraduate psychology program included a wide range of selection methods, but only focused on gender as a background variable. Low favorability ratings were found for lottery and high school grades, while tests and interviews were perceived as highly acceptable, but the rationales behind the provided ratings were not explored. The authors found that only motivation questionnaires were rated more positively by women than by men, while perceptions of other selection methods on the research did not differ by gender. Thus, there is a gap in the applicant perceptions literature with respect to research into multi-institutional settings that includes a variety of methods and that includes numerous relevant background characteristics. In the present study, we investigated how applicants perceive different selection methods for admission into undergraduate health professions education and the rationales behind perceptions. Additionally, we assessed whether these perceptions differ between subgroups of applicants based on background variables that are associated with selection outcomes. Applicants' gender, migration background as an indicator of ethnicity, parental education as an indicator of socioeconomic status, and prior education. Method. Setting and procedure. The present study was conducted at five undergraduate health professions education programs in the Netherlands including three medical programs, one technical medical program, and one pharmacy program. All five programs had different self-designed selection procedures, composed of at least two selection methods. In the Netherlands, admission requirements of different types of undergraduate health professions education programs are comparable. To be eligible, all applicants need to meet the same stringent requirements regarding subjects taken, such as physics, chemistry and biology, and educational level, which is graduation level of pre-university education. Although applicants can apply from different educational routes, they all need to provide proof that they meet the aforementioned requirements. Consequently, the applicant pools are relatively homogeneous. Students who apply to a university-level undergraduate health profession education program are already strongly pre-selected based on academic skills due to highly selective secondary education. There are no admission requirements, however, with respect to grades. When applicants apply to their program of choice, they apply to one specific institution. For each institution, there is a predetermined fixed number of places. By law, institutions are required to include at least two selection criteria, which are assessed using selection methods, the individual tools that can be implemented as part of a selection procedure. However, there are no additional requirements with respect to, for instance, the contents and quality of the selection methods, and in which way they would be combined. Consequently, there is great variety in the selection procedures that programs employ, both between and within different types of health professions education programs at different institutions. Currently, a bill is pending that should allow programs to also include weighted and unweighted lottery as a selection method as part of their procedure. All applicants engaged in the selection procedures for entry in September 2020 were invited to participate in an online survey on applicant perceptions. Additionally, 
Applicants were asked to complete a demographics questionnaire either during an on-site testing day or via email. Informed consent was obtained from all participants. Applicants were informed that participation was voluntary and would not influence their selection outcomes. No incentives were provided. The Medical Ethical Review Committee of the Erasmus MC declared their study exempt from review. Measures Applicant perceptions were measured using a previously reported questionnaire including seven items based on organizational justice theory. Each item was judged using a seven-point Likert scale. In accordance with previous studies, general favorability was assessed using two items, perceived predictive validity and perceived fairness. The other five items reflected the following procedural justice dimensions. Phase validity, applicant differentiation, study relatedness, chance to perform and ease of cheating. The specific items and rating skills of each justice dimension can be consulted in table S1. Respondents were asked to rate the applicant perception items separately for 11 commonly used selection methods. Cognitive capacity test, curriculum sampling test, curriculum vitae, which will be referred to as CV, interview, motivation letter, personality questionnaire, pre-university grade point average, which will be referred to as grades, situational judgment test, skills test, unweighted lottery, and weighted lottery. For unweighted and weighted lottery, only general favorability and phase validity were assessed, as the other items were considered irrelevant for those methods. A short description of each selection method was provided and can be seen in Table 2, along with example items for situational judgment test and personality questionnaire. For each method, including lottery, applicants were also asked to answer the following open-ended question. Do you have any remarks about using insert method as a selection method? The selection methods were presented in a random order to mitigate order effects. The following variables were included in the demographics questionnaire. Gender, migration background, prior education and parental education. Gender diversity was acknowledged in the present study and applicants had the option to choose between three categories, men, woman and other namely. Migration background was defined in accordance with Statistics Netherlands. Applicants were categorized in three groups. No migration background when both parents were born in the Netherlands. A Western migration background when at least one parent was born in Europe, North America, Oceania, Japan or Indonesia. And a non-Western migration background when at least one parent was born in Africa, Asia, excluding Japan and Indonesia, Latin America, or Turkey. With respect to prior education, we distinguished between standard Dutch pre-university education, university and other forms of education, for instance higher vocational education or foreign education. Finally, for parental education, applicants were categorized as first-generation university applicants when none of their parents had attended higher education. Analysis in order to investigate applicant perceptions of different selection methods, we used descriptive statistics. After checking for in internal consistency, general favorability of each method for each respondent was calculated as the mean score on the two general favorability items. For general favorability and the other items, 
the mean score and 95% confidence interval for each selection method were calculated. Additionally, we calculated correlations between scores on general favorability and the other items for each method to examine relationships between the procedural justice dimensions. To study whether applicant perceptions differed for subgroups of applicants, we used a linear mixed model. The mixed model compensated for partially missing data and allowed us to control for individual and context-related differences. The dependent variable in this model was the mean general favorability score. Fixed, fixed effects included the selection method, as well as the interaction effects between each selection method and the demographic variables of interest. Random factors included applicant ID and the program to which the applicant applied, using an unstructured covariance structure. The decision on the covariance structure was based on the ACAKE information criterion. For this analysis, data of individual applicants were only used when at least 10 of the 11 selection methods were rated on general favorability. The answers to the open-ended questions were used to get a more in-depth view of the rationals behind applicant perceptions from a constructivist paradigm. We used qualitative analysis of content, employing a directed approach. With a directed approach, a theory is used as initial guidance for the formation of codes with the goal of validating and extending the theoretical framework. In the present study, theoretical concepts of organizational justice theory formed the foundation for the coding process. We followed the analytical procedure described by Zeng and Wildemuff. The first author familiarized herself with the data and developed a coding manual. Higher order codes were predetermined and were based on the theoretical concepts of the questionnaire, which were phase validity, applicant differentiation, study relatedness, chance to perform, and ease of cheating. Additionally, other concepts of organizational justice theory that were not covered by the questionnaire we administered were included as higher order codes in the coding manual, including distributive justice, reactions during hiring, reactions after hiring, and self-perceptions, as well as other items used in previously reported questionnaires referring to procedural justice, which were scientific evidence, interpersonal warmth, right to use, invasion of privacy, widespread use, effort expectancy, information known, reconsideration opportunity, feedback, consistency of administration, openness, treatment, and two-way communication. Lower order codes were, were developed during the coding process. Thus, we first identified to which theoretical concept an answer referred, which were the higher order codes, and subsequently coded the specific argument the applicant provided, which were the lower order codes. We also aimed to employ reflexivity to identify potentially relevant findings that were outside of our theoretical framework by having critical dialogues throughout all the stages of the analysis and being aware for blind spots in the theory. The first and second author coded two answers for each selection method together and then coded a random sample of 10 answers for each selection method independently. Because there was a high level of agreement, the first author coded the remaining answers after which the second author conducted a consistency check. The consistency check entailed that for each code, it was critically reviewed whether a subsample of the comments did indeed apply to the subject covered by that specific code. The first author drew conclusions from the data that were discussed with the full research team. Results. Participant characteristics. In total, 
704 applicants participated in the study, with a response rate of 21%. Amongst the respondents, 71% identified as women and one applicant identified as other. This individual was excluded from the subgroup analysis and therefore only the categories men and women are described in the results. Furthermore, 35% had a migration background and 25% were first-generation university applicants. With respect to prior education, 77% applied directly from standard pre-university education, 15% from university and 8% from other forms of prior education. With respect to gender, parental education and prior education, demographic distributions in the present study were comparable with those of other research conducted in the Netherlands, where men and first-generation university applicants are underrepresented. Applicants with a migration background are also underrepresented in the Netherlands, but composed a relatively large subgroup in the present study, which may be due to the urban setting of most of the included programs. General favorability. The two general favorability items showed a sufficient to good internal consistency. Applicants provided the highest general favorability ratings for curriculum sampling tests, while weighted lottery and unweighted lottery were perceived least favorable. See Table 1. All correlations between the general favorability score and other applicant perception items were statistically significant, but there was a great range in the strengths of the correlations. See Table 3. The justice dimension that was most strongly related with general favorability was face validity, while the negative correlation between ease of cheating and general favorability was the smallest. Applicant perceptions appeared to differ between different programs, see Table 2. Generally, applicants had more positive perceptions towards selection methods used by the program they applied to compared with methods that were not used. Justice dimensions. In the next sections, the results for the different justice dimensions will be presented by integrating the quantitative findings of the perception scores and the qualitative findings of applicants' reasoning. Only the most salient findings are discussed, and for a complete overview of the quantitative and qualitative findings, we refer to tables 3 and 4, respectively. Phase validity. Curriculum sampling tests and skills tests received the highest ratings on phase validity, but applicants did not comment on these methods with respect to this dimension. This is illustrative of the observation that, also for other dimensions, applicants mainly focused on negative aspects in their comments. Interviews were also rated highly on the scale of face validity. Applicants considered attributes such as motivation, personality and social skills important, but preferred an oral interview over a written assessment of these attributes. This may also explain the relatively low rating of personality questionnaires. Grades also received a low rating on face validity, and applicants mentioned that grades were not of added value, as the admission requirements would already provide enough evidence of their capacity to enter the program. The lowest ratings were provided for weighted and unweighted lottery, although applicants acknowledged that both types of lottery can reduce stress and pressure for applicants, they communicated a strong desire to distinguish themselves and believed that lotteries would not select the best and most motivated students. Applicant differentiation. Skills tests and interviews received relatively high scores on applicant differentiation. These were the only methods for which applicants mentioned that distinguishing skills are assessed and assessors can get an adequate overview of applicants' competencies. For most of the selection methods, however, 
Applicants indicated that the methods distinguish candidates based on other skills than the methods are intended to assess. For instance, according to applicants, motivation letters assess writing skills instead of pure motivation, and selection tests measure test wiseness and preparation time instead of the targeted knowledge or skills. Personality questionnaires and situational judgment tests receive the criticism that applicants are distinguished based on their knowledge of social expectations, which they expected to be very basic knowledge, rather than their actually personality and reactions to situations. Grades receive the lowest scores, as applicants mentioned that the same grade is the result of a wide range in motivation, effort and degree of difficulty. Study relatedness. Compared with general favorability, the mean scores on study relatedness were relatively low for all selection methods. A possible explanation is that for each selection method, applicants indicated that only certain relevant skills are assessed, while information on other important attributes is missed. For instance, while cognitive capacity tests can, according to applicants, assess relevant skills such as information processing and problem solving, social and communicative skills are not taken into account. Thus, applicants believe that none of the methods can fully predict study performance and they preferred a combination of selection methods. Although applicants preferred assessment of a broad range of skills, they also stated that there should be room to develop those skills over the course of the program, introducing a dilemma. Skills tests and curriculum sampling tests received the highest scores on study relatedness. Applicants mentioned that both methods can assess a broad range of skills. Moreover, only for these methods, applicants stated that they can become more acquainted with the program and its course materials, creating an opportunity for applicants to assess whether they are interested in and able to cope with the program content. For the lowest scoring methods, grades and CV, applicants stated that the assessed skills are too generic and that previous performance is not predictive of future success. Chance to perform. The mean scores on chance to perform were also relatively low. The qualitative results provide some potentially relevant explanations for this finding. First, applicants mentioned some dilemmas with respect to chance to perform. For instance, they preferred assessment of current knowledge and skills over previous achievements and pointed out drawbacks of snapshot assessments. Second, for each selection method, apply Applicants noticed sources of inequality that can interfere with the chance to perform on a method for certain subgroups. For example, the existence of a network within a medical field was considered useful for building a CV, and applicants with enough financial resources could take commercial coaching for better test results and tutoring for a higher grade. Skills tests and interviews scored higher on chance to perform, and applicants noted that the they got the impression that these methods allow for more space to show a broad range of qualities. Grades received the lowest scores, which can be explained by the fact that applicants experienced a lack of control for the selection method, as data had been collected prior to application. Ease of cheating. For the four selection methods scoring highest on ease of cheating, personality questionnaire, motivation letter, situational judgment test, and interview, Applicants mentioned that social desirability can play a major role. An additional remark about motivation letters is that applicants can easily cheat by letting others write their letter. CV was also considered relatively easy to cheat on. Applicants explained that it is easy to forge documents and only a small sample of CVs is checked on correctness. 
applicants did not have any remarks about why it is harder to, achieve, to cheat on the lower scoring selection methods. Additional dimensions. Besides the justice dimensions that were covered by the questionnaire, we identified a number of additional dimensions in the answer to the open-ended questions. A first justice dimension was consistency of administration, which refers to the extent to which decision procedures are consistent and without bias across people and over time. CVs, motivation letters, interviews and skills tests were considered as more subjective methods giving a lot of space to the personal opinion of assessors and consequently cre creating potential differences in ratings between assessors. Applicants also commented on the consistency of administration for grades. Currently, grades are based on school-specific examinations. Applicants mentioned that there is a great difference between schools in assessment methods, difficulty level and way of rating, making grades from, from different schools incomparable. Second, while the questionnaire only focused on study relatedness, applicants tended to make a distinction between study relatedness and job relatedness. For instance, while applicants had generally positive comments about cur curriculum sampling tests with respect to study relatedness, they mentioned that other skills are relevant to become a successful health professional, such, such as social and communicative skills. They stated that skills tests, interviews, situational judgment tests, and personality questionnaires can assess important attributes for the future profession, while this was not so much the case for grades, cognitive tests, CVs, and curriculum sampling tests. Some comments were not related to procedural justice, but rather to distributive justice, relating to the fairness of the outcomes of the selection procedure. Applicants mentioned that an advantage of unweighted lottery is that the equal chances to be admitted would lead to a more diverse student population. The application of other methods could result in a decrease of student diversity because the aforementioned unequal chances to perform. An additional unfavorable outcome was mentioned for situational judgment tests. Accepted students would have similar opinions and there would be less diversity in perspectives in the student cohorts. Finally, numerous remarks were made about the outcomes part of organizational justice theory, which relates to the attitudes and behaviors of individuals that are thought to be a result of perceptions of selection. One particular topic of concern was that selection methods can cause a lot of stress and pressure amongst applicants. Applicants mentioned that selection methods that require a lot of preparation, such as building a CV and studying for a curriculum sampling test, can be stressful as they have to combine this with school and other responsibilities. Another source of stress that was mentioned was the pressure that applicants experience during testing days due to the high stakes involved. Applicants also recognized stress as a drawback of combining multiple selection tools. Differences in perceptions for subgroups of applicants. The results of the linear mixed model for subgroups Group differences in general favorability ratings for each selection method are shown in Table 5, and the descriptive statistics for each subgroup are provided in supplemental tables S3 to S6. Compared with women, men perceived unweighted lottery as significantly less favorable. Personality questionnaires were also perceived as significantly less favorable by men. No gender differences were found for other selection methods. Interestingly, in the answers to the open-ended questions, multiple remarks were given about CV and grades favoring women, describing that men generally start later with their future study orientation. 
This concern was not reflected in the quantitative findings. Applicants with a non-Western migration background provided significantly higher favorability ratings for CVs and curriculum sampling tests, while skills tests and interviews were perceived significantly less favorable. The lower scores on interviews and skills tests for applicants with a non-Western migration background may be explained by remarks about the subjective nature of these methods, making them more susceptible to bias. Perceptions of applicants with a Western migration background did not differ from those without a migration background. Compared with applicants applying during their final year of pre-university education, applicants who were already studying at university level rated interviews and unweighted lottery significantly more positive, while their favorability ratings were significantly lower for grades, cognitive tests and weighted lottery. Applicants from alternative forms of prior education rated personality questionnaires and interviews significantly more favorable compared with applicants from pre-university education. Only with respect to grades, applicants commented on the role of prior education, indicating that grades for applicants not applying during their final year of pre-university education are outdated and do not accurately represent applicants' current skills. No differences in applicant perceptions were found based on first-generation university status. Discussion. The aim of the present study was to gain a deeper understanding of how applicants perceive different selection methods within the context of undergraduate health professions education. Our findings indicate that applicants have the strongest preference for curriculum sampling tests and skills tests, while they consider weighted and unweighted lottery the least favorable. Furthermore, applicant perceptions of selection methods are overall similar across subgroups of applicants based on gender, ethnicity, socioeconomic status and prior education. Finally, the results show that applicants do not think one single method is sufficient, but instead prefer a combination of selection methods. A first key finding is that applicants have a preference for broadened selection criteria and selection methods on which they feel more in control. The three highest rating selection methods, which were curriculum sampling tests, skills tests and interviews, all reflect broadened criteria, which aim to assess qualities that go beyond the cognitive abilities that are included in traditional methods, such as grades. Applicants in the current study were already strongly pre-selected based on cognitive characteristics due to the stringent admission requirements. Thus, it is not surprising that they prefer to distinguish themselves in other areas. In fact, applicants questioned the added value of grades and cognitive capacity tests over the admission requirements. Additionally, according to organizational justice theory, as well as previous research in medical school selection, applicants have the desire to express themselves during a selection procedure. And it can be argued that this is better possible with methods that reflect broadened criteria. The low ratings of lotteries, leaving it to chance, and grades prior to selection, indicate that applicants prefer to be in control. As previously argued, this can also be explained through organizational justice theory, because applicants perceive methods as fairer when they have the opportunity to influence the decision process. This finding can furthermore be related to a broader societal appreciation of meritocratic values, implying that success and failure can be attributed to one's own efforts and talent. Consequently, Applicants for selection into health professions education can find rejections that feel beyond their control difficult to accept. Second, our findings suggest that applicants' background does not play a substantial role in their perceptions of different selection methods. 
Although we did find some statistically significant differences in perceptions between applicant subgroups based on gender, migration backgrounds and prior education, the practical meaning of these differences is negligible and their perceptions were overall very similar. For gender, this lack of difference in perceptions is in accordance with findings of a previous study conducted with psychology applicants. However, our findings with respect to ethnicity and socioeconomic status were unexpected, as previous research suggested that students with an ethnic minority or lowest socioeconomic background have more negative perceptions towards selection. Potentially, applicants perceive the formal characteristics of selection similar regardless of their backgrounds, while applicants with sociodemographic minority backgrounds may have more negative perceptions regarding other components of procedural justice, such as interpersonal treatment. Indeed, research has indicated that ethnic minority students have more perceptions of unfair treatment when they are in medical school. An alternative reason for the finding that applicants with minority backgrounds did not have more negative perceptions towards selection methods is that previous studies mainly included eligible pre-university students who have not yet applied and could have based their perceptions on inaccurate or incomplete information. Contrarily, participants in the present study had experience with selection and probably had a better understanding of it. Thus, students with minority backgrounds possibly experience less access to accurate information about the selection procedure, mainly in the period prior to application. Nevertheless, corresponding with previous studies, the qualitative findings did provide indications that applicants believe that selection methods can hinder equitable admission to medical education, for instance, because applicants with a minority background have less access to coaching, tutoring and a social network in the medical field. A third key finding is that according to applicants, there is no ultimate solution. All selection methods are accompanied by certain advantages and disadvantages. This is well reflected by a number of conflicting preferences that we identified in the qualitative results. The most distinctive dilemmas we found were 1. Measuring what applicants can offer at the present versus countering negative consequences of snapshot assessments. 2. Measuring existing knowledge and skills versus providing space to grow and develop those skills during the program. 3. Selecting the best students versus selecting the best future health professionals and for combining multiple selection methods for comprehensiveness versus preventing too much stress and pressure. The first dilemma evidently reflects the justice dimension of chance to perform and stresses the aforementioned desire of applicants to feel in control of the selection process. The second and third dilemmas relate to study and job relatedness and are also topic of debate within the academic field. The final dilemma relates more to another part of organizational justice theory, namely the relationship between applicants' perceptions and individual and organizational outcomes. According to the theory, perceptions of fairness can affect variables such as motivation, self-esteem and self-efficacy, referred to as reactions during hiring. Feelings of stress and pressure were brought up as a topic of concern in the present study, which applicants mainly related to the amount of preparation and the high stakes involved. A review also identified considerable prevalence of psychological stress amongst applicants in health professions education. Nevertheless, thus far, studies have paid little to no attention to applicants' well-being with respect to selection, and the particular concept of stress is not included in organizational justice theory. Results of the present study indicate that it may be relevant to add this to the theory as an additional subcategory of reactions during hiring 
although further research will be required to validate this. A strength of the present study is that, to our knowledge, it is the first to compare perceptions of different sociodemographic subgroups and seek for the underlying argumentation behind applicant perceptions for a great range of selection methods. Additionally, we collected data from multiple programs. Consequently, applicants also provided their opinions for methods that they had not been exposed to. This way, our results were less influenced by self-selection, given that the selection procedure can play a role in applicants' program of choice. However, this strength was also accompanied by the limitation that respondents did have experience with some of the methods in the questionnaire, while for other methods, their perceptions were based solely on a short description of the selection methods. Some of the methods were not employed by any of the programs. We mitigated this as much as possible by controlling for the program to which the applicants had applied. Furthermore, the survey that was administered did not capture all factors that could influence applicant perceptions, such as comprehensiveness, defensibility, and the role of the process. Another limitation of the present study was that, although the sample size was relatively large, only 21% of the invited applicants responded to the survey. Consequently, their perceptions may not be fully representative for the complete applicant pool. Nevertheless, our sample was comparable with applicant pools in previous studies in terms of demographic characteristics. A final limitation is that the present study could not directly compare the argumentation of different subgroups of applicants due to the voluntary nature of the open-ended questions and the unequal distribution of subgroups. Consequently, certain subgroup differences in perceptions that could not be captured by the quantitative data may have remained undiscovered. The current study focused on one aspect of procedural justice, but future studies can also pay attention to other justice components, such as interpersonal treatment. Additionally, more fundamental questions regarding applicant perceptions have not been investigated yet, such as what mechanisms play a role in the development of these perceptions? What are the underlying values of applicants on which they base their perceptions? Furthermore, in the present study, applicants prefer the combination of different selection methods, so it could be valuable to examine how they perceive selection procedures with different combinations of methods. It would be particularly interesting to evaluate applicant perceptions regarding a holistic approach, as this approach pays attention to both comprehensiveness and widening access. Furthermore, results of the present study suggest that applicants have a stronger preference for the methods employed by the programs to which they have applied and for which they have prepared. Future research could examine whether applicant perceptions of the hidden curriculum play a role in this preference. Another interesting direction for future research relates to the question of whether the relationship between perceptions and performance during selection differ based on applicants' backgrounds. Previous studies have indicated that applicant perceptions and performance are positively correlated, and that demographic subgroups perform less well during selection, while we found that perceptions were similar for applicants regardless of their backgrounds. Additionally, it can be relevant to investigate subgroup perceptions for eligible students who have not applied yet. Finally, researchers can consider including items on consistency in administration and job relatedness, as well as applicant well-being, because these topics were considered relevant by applicants. From a practical viewpoint, our findings provide insights that can help selection committees design their procedure by considering selection methods that are preferred by applicants. However, there can be frictions between applicant perceptions of selection methods and other indicators of validity. 
For instance, while applicants hold negative perceptions toward the use of grades as a selection method, grades are strongly predictive of future academic performance. Likewise, the findings of the present study suggest that the inclusion of curriculum sampling tests can attract more applicants with a non-Western background, but we found in a submitted study that this subgroup of applicants performs less well on such tests. Thus, when deciding which selection methods to include, applicant perceptions can be taken into account while also considering as other aspects of validity in a broad sense. Nevertheless, our findings can help identify which selection methods are less attractive and require better explanation. Clear and transparent communication about selection methods may improve applicant perceptions, especially in the case of broadened criteria that are perceived more subjective and for which perceptions were sometimes based on inaccurate information. For instance, applicants believe that a social network in the medical field is necessary for building a CV, while the programs in our study also value other relevant experience outside of the medical field. Although understanding applicant perceptions cannot provide clear-cut solutions about which selection methods programs should include, our qualitative findings provide valuable insight into how programs can adjust implementation of their selection methods to take applicants' needs into account in order to improve motivation and performance or prevent withdrawal. For example, because applicants were concerned about the impact of selection on their well-being, programs could limit the volume of preparatory materials for curriculum sampling tests. In conclusion, applicants participating in selection for undergraduate health professions education prefer selection methods for which they perceive to be in control and which assess other qualities than cognitive ability. Additionally, the present study indicated that applicant perceptions of individual selection methods are generally similar between applicants with majority and minority backgrounds. Due to the contradictory needs of applicants and frictions between applicant perceptions and other indicators of validity, we call for a clearer and more transparent communication of selection methods and modification within selection methods. Mm -hmm.